Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Friday, January 10th. I'm Lorraine Castres. These are today's headlines. Just days after an Iranian missile strike on U.S. forces, the Trump administration imposing new sanctions on Iran. New video revealing the potential moment of impact when U.S. officials say an Iranian missile brought down a jetliner, killing 176 people on board. And residents in Puerto Rico shell-shocked after hundreds of earthquakes, now seeing their power gradually restored as cleanup efforts continue. This and much more today on U News, recorded live in our newsroom in Miami. We begin today with new information on a deadly plane crash that kills 176 people. Iran is still denying responsibility after accusations that it forces, it, its forces shot down that aircraft. But new video has surfaced appearing to show the moment a missile hits, bringing the jetliner crashing to the ground. Carolina Sarasa has the latest. Iran denies that this is the moment of impact, a Skyward missile hitting that 737, a momentary flash of lights and seconds later, an explosive sound. Taken from a neighborhood where the Ukrainian jet was last tracked, the video appearing to confirm what a U.S. source tells ABC News, that intelligence sources are confident an Iranian anti-aircraft missile hit that jetliner. This video of the crippled jet captured in this Tehran neighborhood, the jet in flames, breaking apart and exploding three miles away. The power of that ground impact captured by a CCTV camera and shown on Iranian media. National leaders from Britain and Ukraine echoing what Canada's Prime Minister first declared. The evidence indicates that the plane was shot down by an Iranian surface-to-air missile. This may well have been unintentional. 63 Canadians were amongst the 176 lost in the crash. The American intelligence community is confident that Iran turned on and named a radar at the jetliner, a radar signal to guide anti-aircraft missiles from a mobile launcher. A U.S. satellite saw the firing of two missiles at the 737. The warheads of those missiles would explode near the aircraft, blowing into pieces of shrapnel that would pierce the aircraft in multiple locations. Pictures of the wreckage seemed to highlight holes blasted through the jets, shrapnel holes. Experts suggest that just less than four hours after Iran fired missiles at American targets in Iraq, tensions were high in the Iranian anti-aircraft batteries and a mistake may have been made which killed dozens of Iranians as well as Canadians. They were basically the, the kind of souls that I knew. Many of those Canadians, students, Words simply cannot express the grief that we are feeling on campus. We're a, a close-knit community. The Ukrainian president paused for those lost as he called for an open investigation and for the West to share that radar and satellite data. Iran has been defiant, an official claiming it was scientifically impossible to shoot down the jetliner. But look at what the Iranian government did. This was the scene just after the crash. ABC News obtained this exclusive video just about 24 hours later, and the wreckage had been cleared, the evidence gone. Iran again this morning showing off the black boxes, but apparently has not pulled the data from either one. The answers to this tragedy are in those boxes. Carolina Sarasa, U News.
Iran state media says authorities have invited Boeing to take part in the investigation, the move only coming after Western leaders said the plane appeared to have been hit unintentionally. And as that investigation continues, the U.S. today announcing new sanctions against Iran, even as the House of Representatives takes a major new step to limit the president's capability to wage war on Iran. The president today authorizing the announcement of new sanctions on Iran. We are taking action against eight senior Iranian officials who advanced the regime's destabilizing activity and were involved in Tuesday's ballistic missile strike. Uh, we're striking at the heart of the Islamic Republic's inner security apparatus. These sanctions targets include the Secretary of the Supreme National Council and the commander of the Basij forces. It's unclear how Iran will react to these latest sanctions. They have previously vowed to refrain from any further military action if the U.S. does the same. But the U.N. ambassador to Iran refusing to ask militia groups not to take matters into their own hands. It is not our job to ask uh, this group or that group. We are responsible for, for whatever action we take. Meanwhile, in Iraq, protests and prayers, people asking to be free of all foreign influences. Iraq should be its own master, ruled by its sons. Strangers must take no role in making its decisions. The country must be ruled according to the people's will. On Thursday, the House passing a bill. The bill is passed. Demanding hostilities with Iran end within 30 days unless the president seeks congressional approval to engage in another military action against that country. The president last night criticizing the move by Democrats. Now they want us to call, can you imagine calling crooked Adam Schiff? Say, gee, Adam, how you doing? Listen, we have the world's number one terrorist, killed thousands and thousands of people. We'd like to set up a meeting so we can discuss his execution. Telling supporters why he gave the order to kill General Qasem Soleimani, although the administration has offered no hard evidence. Soleimani was actively planning new attacks and he was looking very seriously at our embassies and not just the embassy in Baghdad. But we stopped him and we stopped him quickly and we stopped him cold. Secretary Pompeo pushed back on reports that the Iraqi prime minister has asked the U.S. to start negotiations to begin U.S. troop withdrawal. He reiterated, however, that the administration may pursue an eventual withdrawal down the line. Across the country, anti-war protests continue in New York City last night. As one protest broke out in Columbus Circle, another was going on downtown in Foley Square with some demonstrators marching on Trump Tower in Midtown. Protesters say it's not just about sending a message to President Trump. They also want to make sure members of Congress are held responsible for America's policies in the Middle East. <coughs> Meanwhile, in Indiana, hundreds of people showed up downtown Thursday for a silent protest demanding peace between the U.S. and Iran. The two-hour event took place on Monument Circle. Participants were asked to maintain complete silence during the protest. Organizers say they hope their silence encourages our nation's leaders to speak out against war with Iran. Now turning to the situation in Puerto Rico, FEMA is working to support those impacted by the recent earthquakes. As we've been reporting, 
The U.S. territory experienced a 6.4 magnitude earthquake on Tuesday and has had hundreds of tremors since then. President Trump hasn't spoken or tweeted about the disaster, but he did sign an emergency declaration authorizing FEMA to take action. The Department of Health and Human Services also declared a public health emergency. Trump usually comments on natural disasters in the U.S. and around the world, but his history with Puerto Rico has been controversial. His administration received criticism for its handling of the aftermath of 2017's Hurricane Maria. And according to the U.S. Geological Survey, there have been more than 950 earthquakes and aftershocks reported on Puerto Rico since December 31. Though many were weak and could not be felt, more than 500, however, have been of magnitude 2 or higher. The situation in Puerto Rico remains dire, as we were just saying, with more than 2,000 people in shelters, nearly 1 million without power, and hundreds of thousands without water. The big quake on Tuesday killed at least one person, injured at least nine, and caused the power outage. And speaking on the power outage, here's an aerial video showing damages of the central electric plant Costa Sur in Guanilla. The crucial power plants could be out of operation for more than a year, according to the head of the island's electricity authority. <clears throat> so far, power has been restored to about 50 percent of customers on the island. Former New York City mayor and billionaire Michael Bloomberg is taking steps to attract the Latino vote. One of his initial steps, a message in Spanish that condemns division. Peggy Carranza has more from the Big Apple. Former New York City mayor Michael Bloomberg launched his first ad for television and digital platforms in Spanish. Bloomberg, a candidate for the Democratic presidential nomination, wants to capture the Hispanic vote by discussing the border wall and migrant children in his video. In terms of the electoral population in the U.S., the sum of majorities, minorities, it's already 50% of the vote or slight majority against the traditional white Anglo-Saxon uh, voting population in the country. And the largest minority uh, is the Hispanic vote which is getting more and more importance in the U.S. Bloomberg entered the Democratic race in November, months after the other candidates. His ad is set to air in the states that will hold their primaries on Super Tuesday in March and those that will hold primaries later in the year. But this is not enough for undecided voters like Jeanette Miranda and others who criticize his stop-and-frisk policy that disproportionately affected Hispanics and African Americans in New York. It's a policy that he since apologized for. He has not done much for us in the past. Words are not enough. We need action, said Jeanette. Bloomberg has spent an estimated $147 million on television ads and another $10 million on a 60-second ad that will air during the Super Bowl, something President Trump also did. We're going to have a, a mixed ticket. That means that the Democratic Party is moving itself to the left to counterbalance what represents a very conservative uh, ticket uh, if, if Trump, as everything seems to indicate, is going to be the candidate of the Republican Party. Bloomberg is not receiving campaign donations. In New York City, Peggy Carranza, U News.
A federal judge ruled Thursday a private U.S.-Mexico border wall effort can move forward in South Texas. It's a win for the group that has ardently supported President Trump's push for additional border barriers. The group calls We Build the Wall kicked off new construction on the Texas border in November. A 100-acre wild butterfly habitat near the project then filed a lawsuit against the builders in a bid to stop the construction. In response, a Texas state judge temporarily halted construction. The Butterfly Center's case was heard Thursday along a separate lawsuit by the government on behalf of the International Boundary and Water Commission. Southern District of Texas federal judge Randy Crane denied their request to halt construction. The number of arrests at the southern border drops for a seventh straight month, according to new data released by Customs and Border Protection. 40,000 people were arrested in December, down 72 percent from a 13-year high of over 140,000 in May of 2019. Mexicans accounted for half the arrests, representing a major shift from much of last year when Guatemala and Honduras were the primary countries of origin. An investigation is ongoing after a Mexican asylum seeker apparently cut his own throat after being denied entry into the United States. The man was on the international bridge between the Mexican border city of Reynosa and Far Texas. Pedro Rojas is at that bridge with the latest details. Pedro. Well, yes, indeed, the investigation is ongoing. Now, there's a lot of questions about what took place inside this bridge because this bridge doesn't have access to public. It only have access to trucks that come from Mexico and go back to Mexico with goods. Now, meanwhile, the U.S. authorities, specifically the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, put out uh, the following statement. They said that shortly before five, this occurred. Now, they said a man of unknown nationality collapsed on the Mexican side of the bridge and later died. Further questions regarding to death investigation are directed to the government of Mexico. U.S. Customs and Border Protection expressed the deepest condolences and sympathies for this tragedy and loss of life. Now, we have done some research about what, who is this man. We know that he is a Mexican immigrant, originally from the state of Mexico near the capital of Mexico, and also that he is about 40 years of age. Also, we know that, uh, that he came to, alone to the bridge. Now. Now, the question is, if we had asked local residents on the Reynosa side of the bridge, meaning on the Mexican side of this bridge, and they said that this is a federal entity, this is not a public access bridge. Now, we wonder whether he was able to get onto a truck and smuggle himself into it, and then when he got to the middle of this bridge, specifically at the limit between the U.S. and Mexico, he was stopped by U.S. officials. Now, we exactly don't know the ins and outs of that story, but what we do know so far is that this man died, specifically on the Mexican side of this bridge that is a fairly long bridge, over a mile long, and he couldn't make it to the U.S. Back to you. Such a tragic situation. Thank you, Pedro, for that report. And the Trump administration is now blocked from enforcing a policy that would have allowed immigration authorities to deny legal status to immigrants who've used or are judged likely to use publicly funded support programs like food stamps or Medicaid. That decision coming from a federal appeals court in New York. Blanca Rosa Vilches has more. 
one of the organizations that fought against the implementation of the so-called public charge rule is celebrating the court's decision to block the measure for now. And so what this means is that the proposed changes to the public charge rule have not gotten into effect nationally across the country. The, preliminary, the national preliminary injunction remains in effect. Um, and so the case is going to be heard through the courts, but in the meantime, the rule is not, has not gone into effect and continues to not go into effect. The measure proposed by the Trump administration in August of last year aims to refuse visas and permanent residency to immigrants who receive government assistance. I think it's like a little discrimination. It is to me, right? But it goes for everybody, for any kind of immigrants. Like they say, aliens, alien, hello. We, know, we don't come from space, we come from another country. Discrimination was precisely the reason why organizations fought to avoid the implementation of the measure. They argue that it affects low-income immigrants. The way that it was written is that it makes it so that anyone who is low-income, anyone who has any chronic health illness, anyone who um, doesn't speak English well could be prevented from getting their green card. Four other courts supported the measure proposed by Trump. Several other lawsuits challenging the rule are still pending around the country. In Queens, New York, Blanca Rosa Vilches, U News. In Mexico, the Popacatepel volcano east of the capital, Mexico City, spewed ash and lava into the sky and day at daybreak on Thursday morning. Popocatépetl, also known as Don Goyo, is an active volcano and the second tallest volcano in the country. Mexican authorities have raised the alert levels surrounding the volcano to yellow due to the increase in activity. A Chilean zoo presented its newborn pygmy hippo, an event they're calling unprecedented. Bernadina was born in late 2019, weighing 7.2 kilos. It's the Buin Zoo's fourth successful reproduction of this species in less than eight years, but Bernardina is the first female. With only 2,500 left, pygmy hippos are an endangered species. Unlike the common hippopotamus, the pygmy species lives more on land than water. And she's really cute too. More of you news after this short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. They don't know when they're going to be able to go back to work. Victims also from Mexico and this mass shooting. Officials in and out of the residence. We're going to continue fighting. Your news covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your news, your world, your news on Fusion. Welcome back to You News. Turning now to a success story, a Mexican farmer from Chiapas is heading to the famous New York Fashion Week. Alberto Lopez fought stereotypes, learned how to work a loom, and now is debuting his first collection in the Big Apple. Giselle Robles introduces us to Alberto. Alberto Lopez never imagined that his hands would break stereotypes and weave a different life for him. Originally from Chiapas in southern Mexico, this native of the Sotil tribe learned to weave waist loom designs that he can now show off to the world. 
I had a dream to learn how to weave, but it was hard. He was invited to show his designs during New York's Fashion Week, the most important catwalk in the world. He's also said to put on a conference at Harvard University in Cambridge, Massachusetts. This is going to be paid by them because I don't have the resources to do so. However, getting to where he is now hasn't been easy. He was a victim of harassment mockery and rejection. He spent days locked up crying. He hid to weave. And thanks to the support of his mother and sisters, he was able to spin his dreams. The truth is I suffered, but at the end I'm happy. I think that's part of it. His mother, who only speaks the Sotzil language, left her community to work for only $2 a day to buy threads and help her son. Thanks that I grew and I have a job. Another dream was to open his own shop in San Cristobal de las Casas to sell Sotzilian crafts. When they heard the news that he would take their designs to the most important catwalk in the world, they broke down in tears. They did not believe that what they were about to experience was possible. We are fighting, and the truth is that I feel very happy. So is my mom. From Mexico City, reporting for Guadalupe Andrade, Giselle Robles, U News. Thanks for listening to You News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow You News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review. Join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.